Amen. Good morning. Thank you, Maurice, and thank you for our praise team. Boy, we're blessed, aren't we, in this church? I love that. Yeah. Amen. I love the tuck. We have the Tucker cam so we can see what goes on in the, in the, with the drums. Now we have the Maurice cam. I love that. You know, my mom used to play the piano for church for decades and stuff, and one of the things that's amazing to me is how quickly you can flip that page. And we got to see that. See, and me, I'd be like, I'd have to lick and be like, oh, this stuck together, and then, you know, just hold on, everybody, you know, but man, thank you so much. It happens, yeah. Boy, we are blessed, and I, it's a, I feel privileged to be able to speak with you this morning, so I'm glad that you're all here. If you're a guest of ours, welcome. I'm not uh, the pastor, so I'm just filling in. So I'd encourage you to come next week and uh, hear Pastor Jeff if this is your first time. But it's a privilege for me to be able to be here and speak with you. And I'm glad that you're here. And I just want you to know that you are loved. The Bible says that God so loved the world. And that includes you. And so you are loved uh, by God and you're also loved by us. And so we're so, we counted a privilege that you came here this morning, and so thank you for being here. Um, speaking of love, I love Christmas. I mean, I love all things Christmas, okay? Just like everything. I love the lights and the trees. I love, uh, right, you just think about uh, hot cocoa or whatever in a fireplace and the songs playing and the new songs and the old songs. I love the classics, right? Like, uh, well, I won't start singing, but anyway, um, we'll, Jeff and I will do a duet sometime, but um, not, not really. Come on, please. So, but just all those old songs that we just, it just does something like deep in my heart, right? And the feelings and all that kind of stuff. And I was so blessed when I was seven years old. My father was raised in a, in a good home, in a, a Methodist home, but he ended up getting saved when I was about seven years old. And so every year, and that was a long time ago, every year after that, since I was seven years old, on Christmas morning, he would read Luke chapter 2 out of the Bible in his King James Bible. And, uh, and so until he passed away last year, every single year I got to hear that. And we would gather around. And you can turn there. If you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 2. That's where we're going to start this morning. But every single year... Uh, we would gather around and my, my father would sit in his, his chair and, and we would listen to him read Luke chapter 2. And, and um, as, as uh, I have an older brother, younger brother, and younger sister, and as we would get married, then our families would join and then we started having kids. And so my dad would be sitting there with his kids and spouses and grandkids and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. But he never, ever did not read Luke chapter 2 on Christmas morning. And so I hold that memory so precious, and I can just picture him, and it's such a blessing to me. But uh, I'm going to talk this morning as we're going through Advent. I get to talk about peace this morning, as you heard uh, already. And so it's a peace and a contentment that relates to the coming of the Lord Jesus. You know, Jesus came once, Amen. Uh, John 1.14 says, and the word, that's Jesus, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten son of the father, full of grace and truth. And of course, he came once and he's coming again. And so that's what Advent is about. It's about 
thinking about Jesus coming back. And it's the thinking about the, putting our focus on something besides ourselves, right? And so we can focus on him during Advent. And that's why he is, and it's a familiar phrase, but that's why Jesus is the reason for the season. And that's what we celebrate at Advent. So Luke chapter 2, you can, uh, maybe this will be nostalgic for you as well. I'm going to read uh, the King James. And so uh, if you don't have that in front of you, just follow up along as I read. And again, I just picture, just be, we can just be nostalgic and picture this out of the King James this morning. God's word says, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cenarius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, I mean, and the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem to see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us, hath made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. That's God's word. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we think about this uh, text and what it means for all of us, that your son, God, would leave the glory and the power and the comfort of the heavens to put on flesh and become a man. He humbled himself, and we're humbled to think about that. But thank you, Father, for that happening because he had to become flesh so that he could die for us and be our Savior. So thank you, Father, for loving us so much that you sent your one and only Son, Jesus. And at this time of year, Lord, we think about um, just uh, our, our minds are just full of all the things that we have to do and things that are going on. And it is busy time of the year for sure. Uh, and yet help us to ponder, especially right now, just what this means that your son Jesus came. Father, I pray that you would help us to realize the peace that he offers through a right relationship with you. And I pray, Lord, that if there's someone in here that has never trusted in you or maybe has wandered away a little, that this would be 
the very moment, the very hour that we would be reconciled to you. And Lord, I, I realize that I am not even worthy to be standing in front of your people, the people that you care about, proclaiming the precious word that you've given us. But thank you for the opportunity, Lord. And I just pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be pleasing to you and glorifying to you and that our ears would be open, our hearts would be receptive, our minds would be filled with your truth this morning. And thank you that that truth is found in your son, Jesus. We praise his name and we glorify in him, our Savior and our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. The angels proclaimed that Jesus' birth would bring peace for believers. This is a peace, like Pastor Jeff talked about last week, with joy that's not dependent on our circumstances, right? What's going on in our immediate surroundings? Back in uh, December 1914, during World War I, I'm told, I, I am old, but I'm, I wasn't there. Uh, but anyway, I've heard this. It's actually, I got this off of history.com. Um, the German and the British soldiers uh, were in a battle. And trench, the trench warfare was very difficult, and it was horrible, especially in the winter. And they took peace in their own hands. The, the stories go that on this Christmas day that the German soldiers laid down their arms, got out of their trenches, and started heading toward the British across this vast, barren wasteland between them and began yelling, Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Well, the British soldiers did the same thing, and they laid down their arms, and they met in the middle, and they began to sing Christmas songs together, and they exchanged gifts of cigarettes and plum pudding and uh, history.com even says that they had a little friendly game of soccer on that field. One day of peace they got to experience. This unofficial truce was never repeated, but the soldiers experienced something amazing on that Christmas day. It was one day of peace. In Luke chapter 2, uh, back in verse 13, if uh, we look at that, it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying in verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Is this the kind of peace that Jesus brings, an absence of war? Well, I mean, on this Christmas day, today, right, there's at least two major wars going on with Ukraine and Russia and then Israel and, and around Gaza. And so, has Jesus failed? Has he failed to bring the peace? Can he not bring that kind of peace? Or is it he's talking about some other kind of peace? See, the peace that Jesus is offering us is actually, it actually goes beyond an absence of war. When God gave his chosen people the law and established that his uh, the rules for his priests and his people, he gave them a blessing to share. It's out of Numbers chapter 6. And this will be familiar with, to you as well. It says, uh, Numbers 6, 24 through 26, says, May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you what? Peace. This peace is not the absence of war. It's 
called a shalom peace. Shalom peace. It's a deep and abiding, like a, just a tranquility, a harmony in, in our very being, right? So I want you just to imagine for a minute with me this. Uh, you'll, you'll enjoy this, right? Imagine la, uh, laying on a lounge chair on a beach. Are you with me? The sun shining down on your face. A cool breeze is blowing across you. You have your favorite beverage in your hand. You know, sweet tea, Dr. Pepper, water, whatever. Um, and you're just laying there on the beach and the sun is shining on you and you can hear the waves crashing on the shore. No worries about finances, no struggles about work, no, you know, no issues going on, no family life. You don't have to worry about, any, about anything. You're just laying there relaxing. <sighs> Are you with me? Say, ah. Uh, are you there? Peace. Right? A peace that just is amazing. Well, imagine, imagine that kind of, ah, peace now in the busyness of today. Right? In the busyness of your life all year long. And it's just, it's crazy to think about like we're rushing around and we're shopping and preparing and planning and cleaning so that and just just getting really really busy so that we can have a nice relaxing Christmas right and it's costing us a lot of rushing right now but imagine you can have that kind of peace that we just envisioned all through the year no matter what's going on in your life no matter what struggles no matter what problems no matter what losses no matter what health issues pop up that you can have peace. What is it about the birth of Jesus that offers us that kind of peace that we read about in Luke chapter 2? What happened when Jesus came that gives us true peace? When I was a boy, I remember uh, sitting with my father watching an old western on on TV and um, that's back in the day. You guys remember when you wanted to change the channel and you had to get up and go do it, right? And we were watching TV. I, I was just a young boy. I don't remember how young, but um, and I don't remember who was on it, but I remember this one scene came and, you know, there was these gunfighters and everything, but there was this one scene of a cemetery and uh, there was all these tombstones and some guy's name was on it and then it had this giant, and giant R.I.P., right? Capital R period, capital I period, capital P period, rip. And I'm sitting there as a young boy, and I asked my dad, what, a, what does that mean? Why is that on that gravestone? Why does it say rip on there? And he told me it, it stands for what? Rest in peace. Rest in peace. So I've never forgotten that, and we can think about that. So what does the birth of Jesus offer us, and how, do I, how am I tying that in with a... a gravestone that says rest in peace well how can someone rest in peace and how can you know you have peace forever unless you have peace now right how can you be assured that you're going to rest in peace if you don't have peace now well biblical peace comes from a right relationship with the father the heavenly father look at romans 5 1 it says therefore 
since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have what? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We can only have that kind of, ah, it's not depending on any circumstances kind of a peace, right? That, that kind of peace that we want when we're on vacation, sitting on a lounge chair in the sun with no worries. How can we have that all year long and every day? It only comes when we're in a right relationship with God. When, we have, when we're declared righteous by faith in Jesus Christ. See that? Well, how does this happen? Well, we know that God is a loving God. I said that at the very beginning when I first came out here, that God loves us, right? Uh, that's, that's awesome. We, always, we, love a, we love a loving God, don't we? We love that God loves us, but we also know part of his character is that he's a just God. Uh-oh. That creates a problem, doesn't it? There's some verses, and you'll be familiar with these, but um, we know that God's loving and he wants to come in and have a, he wants us to come into repentance, but he's also a just God. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So God is holy, God is perfect, God is righteous, and God is just. And even though he loves us, we fail uh, so often and it separates us from God. And so because we have all sinned, pastors, deacons, all of us have sinned. Everyone in here has sinned. We're all in the same place. And then Romans 6.23 says the wages of that sin is death. So the just reward that we get for sinning against the holy God is death, right? So that puts us kind of in a bad place, right? God loves us. God wants a relationship with us, but we've messed up. And so he says, listen, because I'm just I have to, death is required. But look at the rest of that verse. But, I love this, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. God offers us this free gift because of Jesus. Because Jesus left glory, became a little baby that we celebrate on Christmas, and he grew up as a perfect human and God, sinless he could become our Savior. Romans 6.23 is, I could follow that up with Romans 5.8. It says, but God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's not like, hey, we cleaned ourselves up and we became worthy of him coming and dying for us. No, he came before we were worthy. Amen? None of us are worthy, but he loved us so much. God proved he loved us. So Jesus had to be born a baby so he could grow up and die as our perfect, sinless Savior. Peace isn't found in the lack of war or in wonderful circumstances. Peace is found in a person, and his name is Jesus. As they read earlier out of Isaiah, he is the Prince of Peace. So I want to finish up this morning in a, in a text in John chapter 14. If you would uh, turn there with me, John chapter 14. And this is Jesus. Um, it's toward the end of his earthly ministry. And he's talking to his disciples. And he's preparing them for a time when he's going to die and he's going to be gone. And he's, he's 
preparing them for when he won't be there anymore and they don't understand. I don't really think they wanted to understand because it didn't really fit in their narrative, their plan of how things were going to go. You know, Jesus was going to lead this great revolt and be their leader. And then now he's starting to talk about he's leaving and he's going to die. And they, you know, that didn't really fit how they wanted to do it. So John 14, he starts off and he says, and we say this in funerals all the time, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus said, for in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. And Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there me may be also. And you know the way I'm going. And Thomas, one of the disciples, is like, uh, time out, Jesus, wait a minute. I, we, we don't know where you're going. We don't know the way. How can we know the way? And so Jesus said this, I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. See what Jesus was doing? He was taking this, this he was preparing them for when he wouldn't be there anymore. So then he spoke to them some more in chapter 14 about several different things, which by the way, if we just pause for a minute and think about Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. He's getting ready to face his own death. His, this by crucifixion, it's horrible, it's painful, it's embarrassing, it's te- a terrible way, a horrific way to die. And yet, instead of thinking about his own near future, he's preparing those disciples that he loves. It's pretty incredible. He's spending time with them, thinking about helping them and preparing them so when he's, for, when he's no longer there. And so later on, uh, in verse 27, John 14, 27, it says, Peace, I leave with you. This is Jesus speaking. Peace. I leave with you. What kind of peace? My peace. My peace I give to you. I I do not give to you as the world gives. We can have peace that surpasses our circumstances because of Jesus. No matter what's happening in our life. Right? No matter how bad the moments are. No matter how difficult the struggles are how hard the losses are that we are facing, right? Because it is difficult, isn't it, when we go through Thanksgiving and Christmas and we've had someone who's no longer with us that's been an important part of our life. It's it's difficult, right? But what if we could have a peace that goes beyond those circumstances that we're going through, the troubles in our lives, the, the things that we've messed up or other people have messed up for us? We can have peace because of Jesus and we can be in right, because we can be in right standing with God because of Jesus. It's not a peace like the world gives that's based on circumstance, right? The world's gonna spend a lot of money advertising for us to do all kinds of things which is gonna bring us happiness and joy and peace and all these other things, but um, those are only momentary and circumstantial things, but the peace that, right, just like on the beach, but eventually you have to leave the beach, don't you? 
And you have to go back, you get on a plane, you come back home. Eventually, you have to start worrying about your finances again and about family issues. But what if that peace can come back with you? What if that peace can reside with you all the time because of Jesus? Isn't that awesome? That he, Jesus says, well, peace, I'm leaving with you. Listen, I'm going away, and you guys are nervous right now, and you don't understand, and you're kind of frustrated, and you're like, this doesn't make sense. I thought we were going to, you know, and Jesus is like, no, no, I'm leaving you peace. Don't worry about it. My peace I'm giving to you. So we can get that, ah, lying on the beach peace, no matter what's going on around you. Does that make sense? We can trust and rest in Jesus, the peace that comes when we are right with God. And just one final thought, and this will be important, I think, to a lot of us. If you look at verse 28, there in John 14, verse 28, it says, you have heard me tell you I'm going away, and I am coming to you. If, I lo- if you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father because the Father is greater than I. And I'm sure they were de- their heads were just swimming like, wait a minute, I, I just, why, what are you talking about? I know you're coming, you're saying you're coming back, but why are you leaving? Right? That doesn't sound like it's going to bring me peace. That doesn't sound like something I want. But Jesus is not making a prediction to impress the disciples. So stay with me here. He's saying this to remind them of who's in charge. So in just a little bit, when they are railroading him through these trials and they're, they're mocking him and they're beating him and eventually they hang him on a cross, Jesus is saying, look, it's going to seem like the Romans and the Pharisees and the Sadducees are getting their way and that they're in charge, but they're not in charge. See, I'm telling you what's going to happen because God's in charge. And he knows everything that's going on. And so when it seems like you can't have peace because all this stuff is going on in your life, no, no, just remember, I knew this was happening. It's all part of the plan. Let's turn that around, church. You know when things are falling apart in your life and you think it's like, oh man, this is Christmas, everything's supposed to work out, but now they're, right? Remember that God's in charge. That when you get that diagnosis and it doesn't look good or when you're struggling because things aren't working out like you thought they were going to work, supposed to work out, God's like, I, I knew this was going to happen. That's why I sent my son Jesus so that you could be in right relationship with me and you could have peace no matter what's happening in your life. Amen? Jesus says, I'm giving you my peace. And I'm going away, but there's a reason for it. He is in charge, so live in peace. Jesus came once and he's coming again. Meanwhile, he leaves us with peace. Amen? Do you have that peace that Jesus offers? Do you have that peace? 
we want to give you a chance this morning. If you don't, we'd love to talk to you about that. I'm going to have the praise team come up, and I just want to uh, just invite you that these next few minutes we've set aside intentionally for us to respond to what God has uh, put on our hearts, right? The Holy Spirit is moving. The Holy Spirit is working. God's word is being declared, and we've read it, and so he's working on us. And so I just ask you this simple question. What's your next step right now this morning? If you've never trusted in Jesus, if you've never, you know, if you don't have that peace because you've messed up and you just think you're not worthy, he loves you and he knew you were going to be like you are and he wants to save you and redeem you and forgive you and cleanse you and give you a peace that goes beyond whatever anything's going on in your life. And we can help you with that this morning. Pastor Jeff's going to be in the back out in the Welcome Center. I'm going to be right down here. We're going to sing a song. And I just ask you, what's your next step? Believers, if you've wandered off the path, come, come back to him. He offers us peace and forgiveness and love. Amen? Amen. If the Lord asks you to move, you come. Let me pray. Father, would you just be moving in the next few minutes? Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for offering us peace that comes through Jesus Christ. And help us to find that this morning if we don't have it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You